Hello. Hey, Alex. How's it going? Good. How are you? Good, man. Good. Good. Um, so welcome back down the Fast Break NBA Talk. I'm your host, Alex. We're back in here with Tigo. Um, it's been a rather busy last uh, couple of weeks. Yeah, it's been super busy, man. Hard to keep up with. My yeah. phone, Twitter's blowing up, man. For sure, for sure. Um, in advance, I'm sorry for any background noise that there is in this podcast from my end. A um, little bit of construction going on in the house right now. Uh, but hopefully the mic won't pick any of it up. Um, but we'll see. <laughs> hopefully it doesn't. Same um, on my end. Same on my end, man. Yeah. Okay. So, obviously, the last couple of days has been free, NBA free agency, um, meaning, obviously, a lot of people, uh, a lot of players signing, but also um, a lot of trades going on, too. Definitely players trades signing, going. players re-signing, players <laughs> traded. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, a lot to go over today. Um, I think I want to start with the... Uh, Westbrook trade. Um, okay. If you didn't know, <laughs> Russell Westbrook was traded to the Los Angeles Lakers to go play with LeBron and AD. Um, and he was traded for a good amount of guys going to Washington. Um, okay. I wouldn't be surprised if Washington had a bad, uh, uh, a not too bad record. Um, so Do they still have Bradley Beal? Yeah, they do still have Bradley Beal over in Washington. Okay. So, yeah, Washington now has Bradley Beal as well as um, Kyle Kuzma, Montrez Harrell, and Contavious Caldwell-Pope, and I want to say a first round and a second. What do you think about this deal? First of all, for Washington, then for L.A. Washington made the right move. Um very smart move on Washington's part. Mm-hmm. Um, they, along with the picks, they pretty much took away the supporting players of LA. of the Lakers. Yeah. And like now, when we look at the Lakers, like they have three players. They have a big three, yeah. but that's really all they have. You know, people immediately yeah. are like, "Oh, the Lakers are going going all the way." Who do they have besides the big three? Yeah. So there's a lot of questions that the Lakers need to answer before the season starts. Yeah. And there's a lot of a lot of trades they'll need to make. For sure. Even sure. even have the slightest chances. Now, actually, the Lakers haven't done too bad themselves um, in free agency. Um, they have signed, uh, as I'm looking down the list, the free agents that have been signed. They've re-signed Dwight Howard. Um, they've gotten Carmelo Anthony to go. Im- imagine if this team was in their prime, right? If everyone on the team was in their prime, you'd have LeBron, Anthony Davis, Dwight Howard, Carmelo Anthony, Russell Westbrook, and uh, and Marcus Gasol. Imagine if that team was in its prime. Can you admit? <laughs> like, that's kind of crazy. It is. It is actually a crazy lineup. They yeah. that. That would be a championship team, 100%. So they do have the veterans. They do have the veteran mindset, and they really only do have... I mean, Westbrook is explosive as he was. Yeah. It's a little, It's a little like, maybe one notch down, not even a half notch. Mm-hmm. But not, you know, he's not OKC West, right? Yeah, yeah. I'd say AD is the only player on their team that really isn't a prime. Yeah. And so they're going to have to really count on AD to lead the team. I think he has sure. the talent to do it, though, Yeah. if he can rely on leaders. Yeah. And then everyone's calling the team, um, everyone's calling the L.A. team the uh, retirement home um, <laughs> based off of their age because there are only two players, I believe, that are below um, like 28 are Malik Monk and Talon, uh, Talon Horton Tucker. Wow. Um, so I think they're figure something out with that. But Those two are really good talents, though. They are. They are. Those are um, two really good talents. Yeah, for sure. Good young, upcoming guys. Monk is just coming off injury, but I think he'll be A-OK. And Talon Horton Tucker, 
I think if he gets more play time, he'll, he'll be good. He was a good pick, a good late pick a couple of years ago. Um, and then kind of the guys, the bottom of the rotation guys, Ariza, Wayne Ellington, and Kent Bazemore all go to the Lakers as well. So that's who they've got right now. A starting lineup of Russell Westbrook, probably Taylor Horton Tucker, um, LeBron, LeBron, Anthony Davis, Mark Gasol, or Dwight Howard probably actually starting at the five. Well, it depends on it depends on what they want to do or who they're who they're playing that game yeah. because if they could get some speed in there, some you know youth and some speed mm-hmm. throughout this season. Honestly, even though now that you say it, get him a link monk as many touches as you can during the season would mm-hmm. be great for the team because they really oh. need to, to develop their young players. Yeah, and you know they actually got Kendrick Nunn too. I just remembered. Okay. They did get Kendrick Nunn, too. Um, so he's another young guy who can run up and down the court all day. Um, How tall is Kendrick, Kendrick Nunn? I want to say he's 6'2", 6'3". Okay. I like a little more size. I like a little more. Malik Munn's about 6'4", 6'5". Yeah. That's where you want him at. Yeah. But. Yeah, I mean, this Lakers team, what were you going to say? Uh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. This Lakers team, <laughs> I saw this post on Twitter earlier that I didn't necessarily like because I don't like posts like these, but it was kind of funny. It said, LeBron went out and saw Giannis win a chip without no super team or even close to super team, and he goes out and makes a super team. <laughs> um, and I, you know, I don't really like tweets like that, but that was kind of weird because it's just – I hate the idea of super teams. <laughs> it's like you don't give the guys that build good, realistic teams a chance to win, <laughs> right? Um, even though Giannis kind of overcame that last year. You know? No. Um, if we look what happened after the playoffs, um, Middleton went straight there. That also got Devin Booker, but Middleton is a top-tier player, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they might not have had a super team there, but they did have the pieces. Mm-hmm. The Spurs never had a super team. Yeah. And despite despite the fact that they were all all stars every year that they played, the Admiral and, and <coughs> Tim Duncan and Tony Parker, yeah. Monty Ginobili, none of them were like superstars. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. They're great players, but they're not. Yeah, I think the only one was probably Tim Duncan or David Robinson, but they didn't play at the same time. No, they played a, they played a little they're, bit. Their careers yeah. intersected yeah. at the end. Yeah. But I think Robinson was probably a little bit out of his prime, and Duncan was just not in his prime yet, you know? Exactly. That's exactly what happened. Yeah. Can you imagine if, Dunk, uh, if Robinson had stayed in his prime and uh, Tim Duncan entered his prime while they were still playing together? How many rings they would have right now? All of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens with the Lakers. If they can still stay healthy because it's a very old roster. Um, we'll see if they can, like, you know, uh, play together well. Um, I saw a funny uh, – social media really makes a light of all these trades. It was funny. I saw a video of if LeBron and – Westbrook were both at nine points and nine rebounds and nine assists. What would happen? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I don't. I don't think. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, yeah. You know, we didn't necessarily see that when um, Westbrook went to Houston, right? Mm-hmm. You know, Houston ended up making it work. Yeah. Right. They didn't win the championship, but Westbrook felt he made it work, and Westbrook's really trying to win a chip. And yeah, definitely. And now that he's with LeBron, it, I, I wonder what energy that that'll bring to the because um, it's going to be an interesting matchup uh, when Kyrie and KD and and the Lakers play against each other, Brooklyn versus the Lakers. So yeah. I'm excited to see what that looks like next season. I, I, do you know when that first game is between the two teams? Um, no, I don't. I don't think they've uploaded a schedule yet. I think when that game happens, that'll be a big indication of how the season will go for both teams. 
Yeah. Whoever wins that game is going to be. Yeah. Had Hancho throughout the season. Yeah, for sure. Um. So yeah, I mean, Lakers are looking good. Wizards definitely taking a step up. Mm-hmm. Um, despite losing Russell Westbrook. Now let's move on to uh, a couple guys who re-signed, a couple guys who declined their player options. Let's talk about Chris Paul re-signing with the Suns on a four-year deal at the age of 33, 34. What do you think about that one? On a big deal, too. Um, $120 million mm-hmm. at his age. Um really says something to his leadership. Yeah. For sure. He, I mean, he did really help that Suns team make it to the finals, but, you know, in three, four years, is he still going to be at that? I mean, is he still going to be getting more than 10 minutes a game? His leadership will still be there, but will he be able to be on the court as much as he is now? That's a great question, Alex. That is a great question. And that's exactly what I was thinking is leadership can only take you so far. Mm-hmm. Um, you need somebody who's going to produce minutes for you, especially when you're giving him that much money. Um, I, unless they're just throwing away money in Phoenix. Um, but uh, I, I would have gone with a shorter contract, honestly. Yeah. I, I think two a year. Yeah, two I would have given him money. I would have given him 60, even 65 for two years. Mm-hmm. But, um, especially with how they did this season, um, my thoughts are they could win a championship next year. Yeah. And so with that in mind, they need to be investing more long-term um, you know, thinking about who they're going to pick up in three years instead of keeping Chris Chris Paul around well past his prime. I mean, Westbrook, the Lakers just traded a, a, a bunch of pieces for Westbrook, but those weren't those weren't as influential pieces, right? Yeah. We're talking about a very different scenario. Yeah, I think um, <laughs> I don't know. Also, though, let's keep in mind the Suns made a late run into the playoffs. They they didn't have too. They're not going to have too many high draft picks or too many options. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if a lot of teams are going to want to support them after after their late playoff run. So maybe this is a strategic move. Maybe this was a move they had to make. Yeah. For sure. Um. So then. We had Kawhi decline his player option. Um, I'm fairly certain he's going to re-sign, but on a bigger contract. Um, but I have the, a feeling that um, L.A. won't want to give him a bigger contract and they're going to lose him. I just have a feeling that's what's going to happen. Now, where, what was that? Where could he end up? I see him ending up in, A, New York. Um, I could see him ending up in a place like uh, Charlotte. Oh, no way. Why, no way? Charlotte's not a playoff contending team next year, do you think? Any team with Kawhi is a playoff contending team. Oh, my goodness. Having LaMelo and Kawhi on the same team could be pretty dangerous, in my opinion. With the playmaking, the defending... I think that'd be a good team. What do you think? Do they have a big? They have Cody Zeller. Um, I'm pretty sure they signed a big. Did they not? Gorgie Dang, maybe? Uh, I'm not too sure. Cody Zeller. Um, yeah, let's just say Cody Zeller for now. We need a statistician. We need somebody that we can just yell out and be like, give us the stats. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah. if the Hornets if the Hornets had big men, I, I really do like I do I do like their team. I love I love Miles Bridges, right? It just personally I love his his explosiveness and watching him play the game of basketball. <laughs> mm-hmm. That being said, Kawhi Leonard is a piece he's like a queen. 
Mm-hmm. And right now they got a bunch of like knights and rooks over at Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Two pawns. I don't know if they can support. You need a couple queens on the team. <laughs> yeah. Strong pieces. Um, let me. Yeah. So then, what do you think about Boston for Kawhi? Is Jason Tatum still there? Mm-hmm. That could be a good move for him. I think it would be a better move for him and a better pairing than with uh, him and Paul George. Yeah. And I would say Utah, but Rudy Gobert's on that giant contract. I don't think there's any way that they'll be able to sign him. Mm. But I mean, Boston could be a good fit. Boston's going to ease defense. That's got a ton of offense already. So Kawhi doesn't have to put up 30 a game. I could see him going to Boston if, if Boston were to give up a guy or give up Marcus Smart, um, which I think they would for Kawhi. Oh, I think they would. Another. <laughs> so, yeah. That's uh, – yeah, I could see any of those teams. We'll see what happens. I'm assuming he's going to resign um, with the Clippers, but yeah, I'm, you never I'm, know with Kawhi. He, he was expected to stay in Toronto, and he didn't. So – you never know. And there's, there's been some shocking moves already in this free agency. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, yeah, Collins, uh, John Collins agreed to a big extension with Atlanta. He got 125 mil for uh, five years. Um, big, big contract for him. Um, I don't know if I like Atlanta giving up that much money on him, but I think he probably would have left if he got any less than that. So... I think John Collins is important enough of a piece to that team to try and keep him if he can get more consistent. Um, Steph Curry agrees to a four-year, $215 million contract extension, which means he is making $240 per second living on Earth. What do you, what do you think about that stat? Uh, he's the second player ever to sign for a contract over $200 million. Yeah. Uh, or the first, he's the first player ever to sign for two contracts over two. Con- yeah. Um, what do I think about that? I think that he you is. You got to do anything you can to keep him, right? <laughs> you got to like, yeah. He's found a home at, at in San Francisco. I don't think. Mm-hmm. I think they would be dumb if they had not dished out that money for him. He's worth it. San Francisco is the most expensive city in the United States. They have the money, or mm-hmm. Oakland, but yeah, yes, <laughs> it makes sense. It's just it's shocking that it wasn't you know, it wasn't somebody like Kawhi. It wasn't somebody like KD. It wasn't somebody like James Harden. It wasn't somebody mm-hmm. like LeBron James, or even Anthony Davis. Um, yeah. so that's a, that's a big honor for Steph, um, but he's been a great leader for his team. Um, he's led them. He's he, he's got records. Um, he's he's a champion, and he he's a great leader for the game of basketball. So, kudos yeah. to him. Kudos for to sure, him. for sure. Um, you have Kemba Walker, um, who has been bought out by OKC, and he's going to New York. Uh, Knicks. How do you, what do you think about that one? He's going home. Uh, that's good yeah. for him. I think that's going to be a good f- move for him. Anytime you move home, you're a little more motivated to play the game of basketball. Yeah. Um, and this is going to be good for New York. Um, you know, they made the playoffs this year, and now they're bringing a star player back home to his hometown. Um, this is really – this is going to be a good move, I think, for New York. Um, I think they needed yeah. a ball handler. Uh, somebody that can carry the ball that's not a big dude like Julius Randle. Yeah. Um, and they still have Julius, correct? Yes, yes, yes. So this is this is perfect for them. So, you know, they needed somebody that can bring the ball up the court that that's explosive, that can play defense. Um, and, you know, they're going to be a contender in the East. They're going to yeah. be a contender in the East. For sure, for sure. Speaking of contenders in the East, I want to talk about the Miami Heat picking up Kyle Lowry via sign and trade, as well as re-signing Jimmy Butler to a four-year deal worth, I want to say, 180 mil. Let me check. Let me check on that. Let me check. Uh, 182 million over five years for Jimmy Butler. 
as well as getting Duncan Robinson back on five years worth nine eighty mil. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Eighty mil for Duncan Robinson. Um, they traded away Goran Dragic and Precious Achua for Kyle Lowry. What do you think about that move? Who did they give away? Dragic and Achua, and I'm sure a couple of picks. Um, I wonder if Duncan Robinson has a large bonus based on performance, because I feel like they kind of shafted him. Um, if you're asking, if you're, if we're being honest, um, Tyler Hero as well. Um, sorry, you you said Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero. Tyler Hero. Duncan, uh, they traded away Drajic and Achua. They re-signed Butler and Robinson. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, <laughs> yeah. I thought you said Tyler Hero only got 90 mil. Because I, no. think, I think he's worth way more than that. He, mm-hmm. they, they've made him a face of the team. So when you put that, you know, you put that kind of face of team tag on a, on a player, you got to actually put dish it out because you, you expect him to produce. If you're yeah. going to make... So, anyways, to Duncan Robinson, he's been a good good player on the team. That's a good contract, um, and glad they, they they can hold on to him. Um, getting Kyle Lowry down there in Miami, he's gonna be happy. I think Kyle's gonna be happy. Um, I wonder how he'll mesh with that team. Um, I'm sure he's happy to get. He, I mean, he's going from the bitter cold to sunny beaches. So, yeah, um, that's. I wish I could do that. So, <laughs> um, I wonder how I'll play next year. I, you know, all these moves, you know, they seem so random. But when when you look at the pieces that are around these players, they're really making, you know, it. There's been some years where you look at the back office and you're like, why the heck did you make those moves? You made them yeah. simply because of politics or money. <laughs> and now it seems like the off season they're focused on winning the game of basketball. And um, it's it's exciting to see trades like this. Yeah, yeah. And I'd be so surprised if the Miami Heat weren't the top three seed next year. Oh, I, yeah. Who do you see your top three in the East, Dan? I've got Nets. I'll give you my top five. I've got um, Nets number one, Milwaukee number two, um, Miami number three. Uh, hmm. Oh, Atlanta? Atlanta? Oh, I'm thinking. I'm th- Bulls number four, Atlanta number five. Oh, my goodness. We've got to go over what the Bulls did this offseason. Oh, next. my goodness. But that's what I've got based off what they've done this offseason. I've got Bulls number four, Atlanta number five, New York number six. This man is a true Bulls fan. <laughs> <laughs> but I've got my reasons, too. I've got my reasons. I've got my reasons. I want to hear them. Um, so, yeah, Lowry gets that deal. Miami's top three seed easy could go on a deep run for sure back like uh back like they were in the bubble. So now moving on to Chicago, I think they're the winners, one of the top three winners of this off season, starting with signing Lonzo Ball, um the sign and trade, uh and I think they got him for a really good deal for Chicago. Um they got him for Tama uh, Tomas Sadoransky, um. Garrett Temple and a second round pick. I really like this pickup for Chicago because Lonzo Ball is exactly who they needed and a great playmaker who can also shoot the ball when needed. It sounds weird saying that Lonzo can shoot the ball, but he's definitely worked on a shot last year. I believe he shot 42% from the field, 35% from three, which are good numbers. They're good numbers for a primary playmaker. Mm-hmm. What do you think about Lonzo going to Chicago to work with Vucevic and Levine? Um, Lonzo, Vucevic, but. I, yeah, I, I mean, I've been a Lonzo fan since um, since he was in high school when I was the Ball Brothers, mm-hmm. and so definitely his shot. I've seen his shot a hundred percent drastically improve over the last. Just watching his his tapes over this last summer. From where it was from high school all the way until last year, and then the mechanics he's worked on just this summer 
have drastically changed his shooting percentage and his ability and it reflected in, in this last season. So um, we're hoping that's something that he can bring to the team in Chicago. Zach mm-hmm. Levine has been shooting lights out yep. and playing amazing for the United States basketball team. So he's coming into next season going to be confident. And so if we have two ball handlers that can spread the floor and that can both catch lobs and that are both good at, you know, assisting, that can really create a dynamic team. And a big man that can clog up the paint, distribute as well, and is, you know, coordinated. Um, What other pieces on Chicago's team make them a number four seed in your opinion? Well, they they picked up the the man, the myth, the legend, Alex Caruso. Um, and another thing about Lonzo too is he can defend. And putting Alex Caruso off the bench to come in for Levine and defend the ball. By the way, the second best on ball and off ball defender in the league last season behind Matisse Thybul. Alex Caruso can defend. And the one thing the Bulls have been lacking the last five years is defense, especially in the backcourt. So I think these two signings are exactly what they needed. Caruso has got to be primarily for defense. Lonzo playmaking and defense. I think Bulls have finally got some defense. <laughs> defense wins championships. Um, you know, I, I li- guess statistically Caruso's number two. Obviously, I think he was number three. I think Drew Holiday was the best on-ball defender. Yeah. This is number two. That being said, he's still the third best, and he was coming off the bench, right? That that, mm-hmm. that shows the caliber of player that he is, <laughs> yeah. and he, he doesn't play against any slouches. There's not any slouches that start at point guard in the NBA, okay? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so that that's really going to change that dynamic of the Bulls team. Like I said, defense wins championships, going back to Drew Holiday. His defense is what won the Bulls champion, uh, the the Bucks the championship, 100%. And so hopefully that that energy can be brought from Lonzo Ball more specifically uh, when going into the game. Now, Lonzo, I can't say that he's you know top 10, top 20, um, and he needs to be a top 10, top 15 defender in the league for the Bulls to, you know, really contend. So I think if he could work on that, you know, his defensive drills, his slide, his shuffle, getting in shape instead of necessarily focusing on his shot. Because mm-hmm. Lonzo's a great distributor of the ball. Yeah. And so, you know, his, distribu- his distribution of the ball can do a lot for the, the Bulls, but working on his defense, his quickness can all- do even more. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. What, that being said, I feel like his brother came into the league quicker than I expected him to. I expected Lonzo to have that quickness coming into the league that he showed mm-hmm. back in high school days. <clears throat> Lamelo was a little lazy, but by the time Lamelo got to the NBA, he was quick. And I yeah. want to see the same improvement from his older brother. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And I think Lonzo will get a lot better. Um, I think he's got a great uh, coach now, unlike in New Orleans um, with Billy Donovan, <laughs> who is definitely a defensive-minded um, eight-second coach or seven-second, whatever you want to call it. Um, so, yeah, I think Lonzo will definitely develop in his time in Chicago. I believe he signed a four-year. Uh, let me check on that. Let's see. But moving on while I look for this, DeMar DeRozan is, uh, is, is heading to Chicago. And this is probably the least expected one out of the signings for Chicago. I really like DeMar DeRozan here. Because he's not necessarily ball dominant, but he averages a lot of points. He can dunk the ball. He can shoot the ball from the mid-range. Lights out. Maybe not three-point shooting, but I'm sure he's getting there. Um, so DeMar DeRozan can shoot. Mm-hmm. DeMar DeRozan is a top 20 NBA player. Oh, yeah. Got to be. So, 
I mean, he's been on the he's been on the United States basketball team, correct? He's been I on what? Sorry, has he been on the U.S. Olympic team? I think so. Yeah. Tomorrow, I have to look that up. I'm sorry. I feel like yeah. I would be surprised if he is not. <laughs> yeah, he's on the 2016 team. Yeah. Because he has a gold medal. Mm-hmm. Um, he, yeah, he's, he, Chicago is going to have a team next year. I'm over here cheesing ear to ear. It's like, I, I better start getting my tickets now. Honestly, <laughs> I need to That's get some, I'm, I'm getting online getting my Bulls tickets right now. I don't yeah. know. I'm not, side. <laughs> not playing around. <laughs> um, but yeah, DeMar DeRozan's a great fit. I'm seeing some, some Lob City. Uh, flashes here, except from the two and three rather than the four and five. Like the one, the, two, like and three. Angeles. The one, yeah. two, and three. Yeah. yeah. And Vucevic can dunk the ball too. <laughs> one, two, three, so, five. Who do we have at four? Patrick Williams, who has posted Giannis before. So. Well, yeah. it's Lob City all over again. <laughs> except back in Chicago. <laughs> yeah, I think. I may have proved my point to most people out there why Chicago is a four seed. We'll see if they can stay healthy. The main reason why I like this DeMar DeRozan pick up the most is because he has a great history of keeping healthy. He takes care of his body so well. Um, he, He does great things to take care of himself off the court. And you can tell, like, if he's tired, he'll take himself out unless he needs to be in the game, you know? Mm-hmm, it's not mm-hmm. like he wants to get all the minutes and all the stats. And that's smart. That's smart. It's playing smart. Yeah. So, yeah, I've personally got the Bulls as a four, maybe five seed next year. Will they beat the Nets? Probably not. But I'm going to say yeah until the Nets do beat them. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I guess that's that. I think the Bulls are definitely going to be contenders again. Um, but I think the only way that they beat the Nets or the Bucks is if there's a significant injury, which I wouldn't be surprised if that happens on the Nets. But the Bucks, just Giannis does such a great job of staying healthy. I don't know. We'll just have to well, wait and see. Yeah, Giannis is a great leader on that team, <laughs> and he takes high high care of his body. Mm-hmm. The only issue with the Brooklyn Nets, one is – one is injuries, but it is also leadership and chem- team chemistry. Mm-hmm. If they can get team chemistry down, then they could have a great team. But yeah. but Kyrie Irving, Kyrie Irving should be a better leader yeah. on the court and off the court for his team and supportive. Right, he needs to be have a more supportive approach, in my opinion. I mean, this is my opinion. I know the Black Mamba was a certain way. Michael Jordan was a certain <laughs> way. And if you lead by example, you can you can lead your team to championships. Yeah. For I, sure. They they need that. They need somebody like that for yeah. Brooklyn to win a championship. Yeah. And that's why Giannis and the Bucks won a championship this last season. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you definitely need to have that strong leader, for sure, for sure. And I think that could definitely be Zach Levine. You know, he's en- he's probably just entering his prime, in my opinion. I don't think he's been in his prime this last couple of seasons, despite averaging, what, 27 points per game, five boards, and five assists. I don't think he's in his prime yet, because he's only 27, 26. I mean, come on, he, he's only entering his prime. So it He's only got goes a up solid five years. He's got a solid five years. Yeah. And involved. he said he's definitely cool with signing an extension. So, And I think now that he's got this team, once once the Bulls put out that contract, surely he takes it. So hopefully the Bulls can, can lock him up again. Um, and then, you know, the question that's raised out the Bulls is what is their bench now? Um, they have... Kobe White, Larry Markkinen, Adam Makoka, and that's it. Mm. That's the problem is their bench. Now, yesterday they signed Kem Birch, who's a very underrated 
um, big, um, 28 years old. Pretty sure he averaged 11 points and nine rebounds last season. Solid. I think are the numbers. Um, now, there have been rumors going around with the Bulls signing Danny Green to come off the bench. Um, Dennis Schroeder isn't off the table yet. Um, Denzel Valentine is entering free agency. I don't think they're bringing him back. Mm. And Paul Millsap, the last guy that I've been hearing um, about uh, coming to Chicago. What do you think about the Bulls finishing off their team with, let's say, Paul Millsap and Danny Green? I think... Is it enough? I'm surprised Paul Millsap play, still plays basketball. <laughs> that man looked 46 when he was 28. Yeah. And I'm still not sure how old he is. Yeah. He is, uh, he is currently 36. <laughs> 36 mm. years of age. So, or what do you think um, about Demarcus Cousins too? Throw him in there. Demarcus, a boogie, uh, boogie's had some. Boogie's won a championship, <laughs> but he's also had some behavioral issues over the last couple of seasons. Yeah, uh, he's probably matured and calmed down, so maybe he could be a good veteran talent for the team. Yeah. I feel like if you're bringing uh, Demarcus. He's just DeMarcus Cousins versus Paul Millsap. Um, I'm going with DeMarcus. He's a little younger, too. Yeah. Um, yeah. And a little more size. That's really what they need more as a in, in Chicago or even somebody that you could give some substantial minutes to. Yeah. Um, besides that, I think Schroeder and Schroeder and Danny Green would be good. Um, get some speed, size in there, potential defense. Schroeder's very explosive. Yeah. And, so, and how about Justice Winslow too? Still on, still out there somewhere. What do you think of Justice? I think he's a very underrated player. Um, he had a very good rookie. Se- he's kind of like Lowry Markin, and he had a really good rookie season, and he's been slowly but surely declining. But I think. With any coach, he, he can just get right back up again. And Billy Donovan is still, in my opinion, one of the best coaches in the league. So I think Justice Winslow would be a good signing. He's a, he's a, he can play a small forward, which is exactly what the Bulls need, same as Danny Green, but he's nine years younger than Danny Green. He's, also, he's also explosive. He did great yeah. for, for the Heat. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm not super keen on Justice Winslow. I, I won't yeah. lie with you there, but I think um, based on his build, he's similar to, yeah, um, I think he's similar more so to uh, Paul Millsap. What is what is his game? Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's really about what is this player's game and does it fit in with the, with the bull structure? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't want to go on about the bulls for too long, but I definitely think there can be contenders next year. Um, so then I want to talk about a couple more guys. Patty Mills uh, agrees to a two-year, $10 million deal with the Brooklyn Nets. He has been playing great basketball over for Australia. He was one of the flag bearers, in fact, for the Olympics. What do you think about him going to the Nets? Does that like just make the Nets so much better? And before you answer that, actually, I want to say they did re-sign Blake Griffin and Bruce Brown as well. Um... I hope this is a good move for the for the Nets. I'm happy for Patty. I know the the whole basketball community is happy for Patty. Yeah. Um, and he's been he's been balling in the Olympics as well. Um, yeah. You know, it's good to see players who played in other leagues <laughs> um, get their get their dues in the in the NBA. Um, mm-hmm. I, I I just want him to ball out. You know, yeah. it would be it would be good to see. Brooklyn rally around a player like Patty. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, it's really about team chemistry in Brooklyn. So it's like, do they do they feel like, oh, we have a new star coming in. He's getting too much spotlight for a $10 million co- dollar contract. 
or do they embrace him? They say, man, this is a guy who's worked hard, similar to how uh, L.A. embraced, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, he was not, was it Levert? Not, uh, oh, my God. Pacers was Levert. No. Um, was he on the team last year or was it this year? That they I want to say two years ago he was on their team. He'd been playing in the D League for about 10, 15 years. Oh, yeah, I know who you're talking about. Oh, oh my goodness. I forget his name. Um, we'll think. Keep, go on and I'll, I'll look up his name. That's exactly what they need to do um, to, to, to build the team chemistry and that. Patty Mills could be could be a good player, a good piece for them to do that. Yeah. Andre Ingram. Andre Ingram? That sounds... Andre Ingram. That's exactly who it was. Yeah. And he played well, too, you know. He did. He did. He came in, he made buckets. Yeah, yeah. And that's what I expect Patty Mills to do. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, yeah, I think Patty Mills is a great pickup. Um, moving on to Conley re-signing to the Jazz on a $72.5 million deal um, for three years. I like that amount of money for him. I don't think they're overpaying, like some people are saying, just because he's such a great playmaker and he can get to the to the, to the the bucket easy. Um he was definitely a big factor in their number one seed run uh, last season. I think they can easily do it again now that they have him, now that they have him again. Um, what do you think about that one? I think Mike Conley deserves more money. Yeah? I think, oh, my gosh, maybe it's a generational thing. <laughs> yeah. But Mike Conley used to be one of the – those dudes. He used to be in the same yeah. conversation with Chris Paul and Russell Westbrook. Mm-hmm. Right? He used to be he he used to. He he's an elite <laughs> he's an elite point guard who has amazing veteran experience and can lead a team. Like and th- this is a three year contract we're talking about, right? For 70, mm-hmm. 70 some million dollars. That's not that much compared to Chris Paul's. Yeah. I, 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 Chris Paul, in my opinion, should have a similar contract to where Mike Connolly's at, and that's yeah. a hot take. Yeah. Connolly's even younger than Chris Paul, isn't he? Exactly. Yeah. So, listen, I think Connolly. I think Connolly's just one of those guys who doesn't care about money. He just wants to win basketball games. He just wants to win games. So I love mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's not trying to waste time with negotiation and all this and that. He doesn't have lawyers. He said, oh, y'all want to give me that much? And I can stay right here? Okay, cool. Yeah, that's cool. I'll stay. <laughs> um, I want to finally talk about New York to end this off. Um, they signed Evan Fournier. They re-signed Derek Rose, Nerlens Noel, and Alec Burks. Um, we already talked about how they got Kemba earlier. How does the Rose, Kemba Walker, Evan Fournier situation work? Does one of them have to play shooting guard? Who would play shooting guard? Evan Fournier. Then play. Who plays three? Uh, Fournier is more of a shooter. Yeah. Me, I would put. I would put. Oh, RJ Barrett too is still here. Yeah. So. Oh, man, they had zero small forwards on their roster last year. Huh. That's why they picked up all of them. That's why they picked up every single small forward they could get. Yeah, but Burks, I guess Burks can play small forward, but I mean, Fournier is a shooting guard slash point guard. Rose is a point guard. Noel is a center. Oh, sorry. I thought you were saying shooting guard, not small. Oh, no, no, yeah. They have no small forwards. Last yeah, year, which is kind of weird to see. Yeah, I guess Barrett played some small forward. 
Toppin uh, probably played play some small forward too. Then we have Emmanuel Quickly, who was in Rookie of the Year conversations too. You have four dominant point guards, like four really good point guards on the team now. Like I don't know. I think they could have put their money into a guy like, um, say, Danny Green or uh, Wesley Matthews or Denzel Valentine, pick up a good role, uh, rotational players at small forward rather than um, maybe Burks, you know? My, just real quick. I know we talk about height, size, and positions, but let's also give the GMs credit, right? I yeah. mean, um, the Golden State Warriors play Draymond Green at center. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is absolutely at center. Which is absolutely ridiculous. And they win championships in tons of games. So. I mean, not every team can do that because they don't have Steph Curry and Clay Thompson. Yeah. Uh, but, but let's see. If they don't want to play a small forward, they don't have to play a small forward. If they want to play Julius Randle at point guard and, and R.J. Barrett at center, yeah. do it. It's but really you, a positionless game now. It, it really, it really is. A lot of these players are big. You can see somebody six. You know, Zion Williamson guards centers. He's six seven, six seven and a half. And the centers can't move him either. Not at all. They can't move him, and he's bullying them on offense. <laughs> yeah, absolutely throwing them out of his way. Um, yeah. So if they have strategy in the back office. That, that's most important. Yeah. Yeah, they need to know what they're doing before they head into the season. They can't just be willing to go in there and be testing stuff out for a month. Especially in this more competitive Eastern Conference now where you need to get a good start and finish doing well, you know? Well, if yeah. that makes any sense. Especially in the East because there's a, there's a lot of people who can really compete for the top spot. Yeah. Not a clear-cut race. For sure. For sure. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's interesting. The last thing I want to talk about today is some of the rookies that were chosen. Um, Cade Cunningham goes number one. Jalen Green goes number two. Evan Moby goes number three. I think the Pistons could have chosen anyone and still would have been the best player on that team, maybe close to Jeremy Grant. <laughs> what do you think about them picking up Cade Cunningham? Uh, Cade's Cade's a team. Cade's a player you can build a team around. Yeah. You know, he he's he's got that build, that physique. He their pick their pick with Cade is like picking Anthony Davis or picking Wiggins or picking you know. Zion, he's kind of like, he's like, okay, we're going to try and build around this player. Um, and so it's interesting that they picked, made that up. Um, mm-hmm. They didn't, you know, you don't hear about them making too many moves in this, po- in this, uh, in the free agency time. So mm-hmm. I wonder what they're, it seems like they were trying to build a team around him. Yeah, I, mean, I think Jalen. I love Jalen's play, but he's not necessarily a player you build a team around. Yeah, most of the time when you see teams getting the six eleven big athletic individual, they're trying to they're trying to create him as a staple player. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then Jalen Green goes to the Rockets, another team where I think you could have chosen anyone in this draft, and they would have been the best player on the team. Um, now, here's the guy I really wanted to talk about. Evan Mobley joining the Cavaliers seems a little bit weird because they just re-signed Jared Allen to a giant five-year contract. How is that going to work? They're not, neither of them can play power forward. They're too tall. They're too slow. You know? How is that going to work? Uh, it's probably not. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And if I were the Cavs, I would have taken Scotty Barnes or Jalen Suggs. Yeah, they probably could have used. Well, they have Colin Sexton. Yeah, so probably Scotty Barnes, really. Mm. Maybe Josh Giddy. It was a lot of. It was a guard heavy uh, draft. Jonathan Kaminga. They do have Colin Sexton, but they, he can use additional support. They might be thinking of a small two-guard system similar yeah. to what the Warriors are running because mm-hmm. it, it's, it seems to be pretty effective. If you have a small two-guard system, two guards that can, you know, like Colin Sexton, it's, it's an infamous play where he's trying to guard two players at the same time, but he has the quickness. If you're supporting that quickness, you know, it would have been good. But, you know, we don't have to talk about that. They decided to pick up a big – oh, no, no, we're talking Detroit. No, yeah, no, we're talking yeah, Cleveland. Cleveland, yeah. Talking Cleveland here, yeah. They decided to pick up another Jared Allen. They decided to get another Jared Allen. So, um, yeah. they're going to suffer the consequences. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if I see a trade come up within the next month or so saying – Colin Sexton, Jared Allen traded for, uh, I don't know. But I wouldn't be surprised if those two were thrown in the package together and traded away for a superstar. Um, A guy like uh, Paul George, you know? Paul George is not going to want to go to Cleveland. Nobody wants to go to Cleveland. Why would anybody want to go to Cleveland right now? Yeah. Cleveland would be lucky Cleveland would actually not be lucky to get rid of Jared Allen and Colin Sexton in one trade because yeah. those are the two biggest players on their team. Yeah. Who else that? Kevin Love? Mm-hmm. Oh Darius my Garland. Yeah. Darius Garland. Darius Garland is a great player who's played mm-hmm. on the the Olympic team. Mm-hmm. The, but he, he doesn't get any recognition or he hasn't it's it's a, it's amazing that team over there in Cleveland. Yeah. The only the only time they were a team is when LeBron played there and they will never be a team ever again. <laughs> yeah, I think if they want to be a team they need to trade away Jared Allen and Colin Sexton and hit the rebuild button, really. I think they I think they thought that they would be contenders by now. But I don't know not you, quite. I don't they might have thought that. Yeah. Yeah. See, I'm from Ohio. I'm from Ohio. Mm-hmm. I have I have no love for that team. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, hopefully hopefully we can see our Bulls do something this year. Oh yeah. We're gonna- <laughs> They're going to be top five in the East. Um, and then, yeah, you've got Scotty Barnes going to Toronto. I think everyone was a little bit surprised that they took him over Jalen Suggs. Um, but I think Scotty Barnes, honestly, has more potential than Jalen Suggs, you know? Honestly. For me, I don't know why. I just get that kind of feeling. <laughs> it's two years in a row where a guy from – Florida State, is that what it was? Florida State. There are too many Florida States. Uh, God, what's their logo, dude? Show me the logo, Google. Yeah, Florida State. Two years in a row where someone from Florida State has gone fourth where they were predicted to go eighth or ninth. First with Patrick Williams going to the Bulls and now with Scotty Barnes going to Toronto. Mm Mm-hmm. And Patrick Williams turned out great for the Bulls. He's mm-hmm. a great player. I think he's going to be great, especially on the defensive end. So maybe Scotty Barnes can can kind of do that too, come out of nowhere and just kind of snatch block DeAndre and then Giannis every game, <laughs> just like Patrick Williams. Hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully. So then you got Jalen Suggs going number five, um, going to Orlando. Um, Josh Giddy number six to OKC. Jonathan Kaminga to Golden State is the next person I want to talk about real quick. He is a athletic player who has experience from coming from the G League Ignite team. He is a power forward 
who can explode to the basket for the Golden State Warriors to go with James Wiseman at the five. Draymond Green probably going to play the three. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which is crazy. This and is... Andrew Wiggins coming off the bench too? Well, we'll see. We'll see what their rotation looks like. Uh, Kaminga is a great pick. Um, you can't immediately think he's going to start because um, yeah. he is a rookie. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, he is a top first-round pick. So, um, yeah, we'll see. I think, you know, in my humble opinion, it's about time they got Draymond out of that four or five position. It makes no sense for him to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, he is a great defender. I'll give him that. He's a great pest. Um, but mm-hmm. the problem is also he's not a great shooter. Yeah. So, so once again, to my humble opinion, getting Draymond out of four or five position is great. But also, what if we put him at six? Andre Iguodala was one of the greatest six men ever, right? Yeah. yeah. When he was sixth man of the year for the Warriors, was just, he, he also he was in the six-man contention, and I thought he should have won it. But that year, he ended up winning finals MVP. Yeah. So if we put Draymond into that role, it's not like he would be written off as six-man. Mm-hmm. Um, he could be a great six-man for that team. I wonder if he'd be able to be humble enough to assume that role. Um, that being said... <laughs> If we did something like that, we could bring Wiggins back into the game um, and play around with the three, four, five position. Um, because the Warriors have never had, they haven't had size in what feels like seven, eight years. Yeah. They've won a championship without size. So I don't think they've had size since Will Chamberlain, really. <laughs> Unless you want to count Zaza Pachulia, who was a two time All Star just for being. Zaza. <laughs> um, so yeah, I like that pickup. James Wiseman, Jonathan Kaminga could be pretty good. Um, Franz Wagner goes to join his brother over in Orlando with Mo Wagner. Um, I like that pickup for them. Davion Mitchell, probably one of my favorite players in this draft class, goes to Sacramento. Um, Zaire Williams to Memphis. James Booknight to Charlotte. Um, I want to skip down to number 14. Moses Moody is also going to go in the state. I think he's a good player for being picked up in number 14. I don't know a whole lot about him, but from what I've heard, he he got picked pretty low for his skill level, and he's going to Golden State. Well, Golden State, good for them. You know, they, I, they're actually a team trying to make make a, make moves trying to get back to the championship team, and then they've done a good job at it. Um, you know, clearly some of these earlier picks, like uh, from Detroit and Cleveland, um, don't really make sense at all. And so, you know, there's, there's certain teams that are going to snatch players, and there's other teams that are going to miss out. And you mm-hmm. end up seeing who those whose back offices have their heads up their asses. Because they don't win games in the next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then finally, I want to talk about Corey Kispert going to Washington. Another reason why I think Washington could be another eight or seven seed without Russell Westbrook. He can shoot the lights out of the ball. And I think right there with Jalen Suggs and what's that big center's name from Gonzaga? Um, that giant center. Whatever his name was. I think Corey Kispert. Let me make sure this is the right guy first. Um, I think he was a great piece on that. Um, on God, why can I not speak? Uh, that Gonzaga team um, that went all the way. I think he's going to be great. I think he's going to be a great shooter. I think he's the next. Uh, it wasn't Steph Curry drafted 13th. <laughs> I don't think he's the next Steph Curry, but I think he's going to be an all-star, personally. I think well, he has potential to be an all-star. And do you think he has potential to be rookie of the year? Probably he not. He, can, he comes with championship credentials, which yeah. also comes with 
you know, a lot of pressure. So yeah. we'll see how he produces in his first year. Um, you know, Steph wasn't Steph wasn't Steph his first year in the NBA. He was Steph back at Davidson, but he wasn't Steph his first year. So we, we can watch out for his progress in his first year and see how, you know. But having championship experience can also translate to college, you know. Yeah. We've seen it help with Devin Booker. We've seen it help with AD. You mm-hmm. know, we've seen it help. With Kyrie, and so those late run championship college athletes. That, there's talent there. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And nobody really saw Gonzaga going as well as they did last year. <clears throat> so that that speaks to him as a player. Yeah. Yeah. So, do you have anything else you want to add for today? No, sir. All right. Well, this was a good one. I like this one. Um, this was, what, the first three days of free agency now? Two and three quarters. Um, definitely going to plan on making another podcast towards the end of free agency. Um, we'll see where Justice Winslow goes, Danny Green, um, Denton Schroeder, all these good rotational players. We'll see. And I definitely want to talk more about some Team USA next episode. Yes, sir. Um, I am an episode behind. I haven't finished editing and uploading the one from, what, four days ago now? Very behind on that. Hopefully that'll be out by tonight. This one will be out by tomorrow. Um, but, yeah, I've, uh, I've got to get going on that. So thank you very much for being with us again, Tigo. Yeah, um, it's always, Alex. Pleasure. Thank you for, for listening to On the Fast Break NBA Talk. I've been your host, Alex Otigo. Thanks, Tigo. Take it easy, man. You too. Bye. Peace.